What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 30 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. I'm actually really excited to dive into this episode because uh, we just got some, you know, big news, a lot of big news. Yeah, we are recording right after the Square Enix Presents live stream, which uh, we are going to cover in our deep dive discussion. And we also have some other exciting news to talk about, uh, some Dying Light news, uh, some Sony kind of quasi-first-party news, I guess you could say, and uh, even some PlayStation hardware news. So a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. You want to stick with us through the show. But first, you can catch Preloaded every Friday. We post over on Jackson's YouTube channel. He's J-V-J-A-Y-V-E-E, if you haven't already cruised on over to his channel. If you prefer to listen to the show instead of watch, you can get the audio version over on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to subscribe there and drop us a review if you're enjoying the show. That'll definitely help us grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome all of your comments, your feedback, but we'd really love to get your questions. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about on next week's show, at the end of every show, we dig into our mailbag and we answer one of your questions. So definitely write in. It's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to kick off the show as we always do with our segment, What the Hell Have You Been Playing, Jackson? So for me, Josh, um, of course, I'm always playing Assassin's Creed, it feels like, perpetually. Um, I went ahead and finished Assassin's Creed Origins for the first time. Um, Of course, I have a lot to say, but uh, I I just kind of solidify what I already felt after, like, playing a little bit of the game, but putting it down several times, that it is, like, my favorite version of uh, the newest trilogy, the newest three games, um, even Valhalla. So... Uh, that was fun to kind of uh, finish and really kind of figure out in my brain. You've never played Origins, right, Josh? No, I played Origins. Oh, actually, you have. I've uh, yeah, I was uh, um, Egypt is. I'm fascinated with Egypt, so I couldn't not play that. One. <laughs> it is really fascinating. Such a great atmosphere um, yeah. in that game. And then because of this Dying Light news, I decided to pick up. Uh, or sorry, Dying Light Two news. I picked up the first game. And that's a game that I have never played past the first two hours for whatever reason. Um, and to, to tell you the truth, I think I w- I've always been like genuinely scared by the game. It is a genuinely very atmospheric, scary zombie game, um, yeah. at least from what I've uh, noticed by picking it back up. So are you are you're enjoying Dying Light or are you too early to really give a verdict? <laughs> um, I am. I, it runs really well on my PC. I think that's that's one thing. It's a graphically stunning game. Um, and I, I think I kind of I, I, I recoil from the looter kind of aspect of it. It's very much yeah. almost like a looting open world game in that sense. But I'm trying to really just kind of focus in on the story, ignore the things I don't want to do and just keep going. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And then finally this morning I played the new Valhalla seasonal update for Easter or the Ostara festival. And, uh, it's, it's kind of more the same. They recycled a lot of the Yule season content, which I'm sure a lot of people Mm. will be skeptical of. Uh, one thing though, it's very beautiful. Uh, it kind of reminds you of how strikingly gorgeous the game is because, you know, they really show off the spring season, like bright colors, like Ravensthorpe, your, your settlement looks really, really beautiful. Um, that was definitely the highlight for me. 
Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, Ubisoft knows how to, again, I think I mentioned this last week, I played Far Cry 5 and such a beautiful game. Ubisoft yeah. just knows how to make some really gorgeous worlds. They do. Yeah. Uh, well, nice. I am playing, um, continuing to play uh, the stealth games, Shadow Tactics, uh, Blades of the Shogun. I'm about, I think about three quarters of the way through that game. It's got like 13 missions. Each of them is this, you know, stealth sandbox that it drops you into and just kind of lets you figure out how you want to complete the mission. I'm completely loving this game. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, stealth games that I've played as I kind of dig back into the backlog and see what I want to explore. So I uh, highly recommend this to anyone who's even remotely interested in stealth or strategy games. It's currently $5 on the PlayStation Network. So if, wow. you, game, if you play on the PlayStation, yeah, check it out. It's really good. That's awesome. So just real quick, are you planning to play Desperados after this, like the newest one? Yeah, I actually picked it up. Uh, oh, I was cool. uh, out and about, and I found it on sale, so I, I have that. I don't know when I'm going to get into it because there's so many games that I want to play, mm-hmm. um, but I hear that Desperados is better than Shadow Tactics, Ooh. and I, I actually am kind of getting a little burnt out on this uh, like Japanese, uh, like this uh, Edo period of Japan, that setting and that time period after, you know... Um, there's just been a number of games I've played that have been set there. So right. the Western setting of Desperados is more interesting to me. Anyways, uh, then I've, I started a game called uh, Sticks Master of Shadows. If anybody knows that, it's uh, kind of a double A. Um, I'd call it a hidden gem in the stealth genre. It really uh, takes after Thief, the Thief games. There's a little hint of Dishonored, but you play this goblin and you go through these this linear story level after level after level. And it's it's pure stealth. You're just sneaking up on dudes, taking them out. And just clearing levels, or you can go through, you can ghost each level if you want. Uh, so very, very fun. Um, but it's definitely like a double A, kind of rough around the edges experience. Gotcha. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you're still sailing through your stealth uh, phase. I, I am like, I'm, I'm obsessed. I don't know when I'm going to stop. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pick up uh, uh, Abe's, uh, what is it, um, Soulstorm when that comes out. I'm going to play Returnal when that comes out, and Deathloop. But in between, I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of games on my list to play. I just been uh, fascinated so that's awesome man yeah it sounds like you're really enjoying it yeah and as i mentioned to you before the show i bought assassin's creed unity and uh syndicate so we'll see if i dig into one of those yeah i'd be fascinated to hear about it yep so anyways that's what we've been playing we are now going to dig into the top stories uh we got a lot of news to talk about this week uh the first thing uh the first story that we are going to bring up is what uh, Jackson mentioned earlier the Dying Light 2 development update. So Techland came out uh, like early in the week and said, we've got a development update for you. Uh, they did say, don't expect you know a release date or anything. And it really was just a pretty strict, like this game is still in development. They didn't say anything very specific other than that the delay was due to you know COVID. And I'm sure there are probably some other factors, but I think they were just trying to temper the, the, kind of rumors out there that this that they were in some sort of development hell (laughs) right they they had developers essentially read mean tweets which is a funny or mean comments i think (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. always like a funny compelling um piece of content for me uh and it really kind of makes you step back and realize how silly uh all of us might be if we're ever criticizing a game for being (laughs) for being delayed or not hearing something uh it's true stuff happens and yeah it's just it was a really fun video to watch yeah, I was really torn watching this. I was like, man, I feel bad for these developers because they really are, like, I'm sure putting in a lot of work and people are frustrated. And then this th- this development update ended and I was like, that's it? That's yeah. all you're going to tell us? 
So it was like on one side I was kind of sympathetic and on the other side I was kind of part of the problem. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, it, it's hard because every company approaches these little things differently, right? Either some go very in-depth like you see with Outriders before launch, like I've been blown away by the coverage of that game. Or you have people that are very kind of mum and, you know, we're going to tell you what we can when we think it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, if you are looking forward to Dying Light 2, it is still in development, and they are saying 2021. I'm skeptical, but uh, that's what they're saying. So let's hope that they are able to uh, meet their deadline and expectations. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think I'm a little more um, excited that we... This is going to sound weird. We saw more of the game earlier, um, and it, what we saw looked fairly complete, and then it was kind of dead silence for a year. Usually that yeah. makes me skeptical, but like that makes me a little more reassured that the game will come out this year for some reason. I, it's hard to explain. Yeah. One theory I have, and this is just out of my head. I have not read anything about this, but that it's one of those games that kind of straddles the line between generations. And maybe they just said, you know what, let's just go all out and make this a PS five Xbox series X game. And maybe that held them up, but uh, that would be better than them just being in development hell. Like everyone was kind of uh, murmuring about Right. I, that would be an ideal scenario, in my opinion. Yep. So moving on from that, uh, another big story we got this week was Jade Raymond, who, if you're not familiar, is an ex-electronic uh, arts and Ubisoft executive who was recently hired by Stadia to head their in-house first-party development studio. Well, she's left Stadia because uh, nothing over there seems to be going well. <laughs> And she announced that she is starting her own studio called Haven Studios, and she has struck up a publishing deal with PlayStation. So this is not going to be a proper first-party studio, but it sounds like a similar arrangement to what Hideo Kojima had with Kojima Studios. So very exciting for her and for her team. And an interesting note here is that uh, she wanted to um, kind of create a, a studio that was I mean, the reason she called it Haven is she wanted to have a studio that was a haven for developers, which to me was sounded kind of like an FU to Stadia, not to mention maybe even Ubisoft and um, Electronic Arts. I don't know what her experience was at those companies. I think it was pretty positive at Ubisoft. But anyways, definitely a, a bit of a uh, middle finger, it's, it seemed like, to Stadia. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it sounded like that environment wasn't conducive for... Um... A creative person, which if, if you're at the head of a project, you have to be a creative person, um, which Jade has that um, that reputation, I feel like. Um, mm -hmm. But she's had like I, the coverage that I saw from just independent journalists and pe other content creators is that Jade has just been very unlucky and hasn't been able to ship a game out the door in a while. Um, yeah. And so that just kind of sucks. Like I kind of felt for her in that way. Um, and that can happen for a number of reasons. And you can clearly tell, like Josh said, with, you know, EA and Ubisoft she's and Stadia, she's probably bogged down by red tape and other things like that. So I'm just excited to see what uh, she comes up with. Yeah, me too. And just if for those who might not be aware, some of the uh, franchises she's worked on uh, include Assassin's Creed, which I think she was very, very involved with uh, at a high level. Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs, Far Cry. At EA, she was uh, working on Battlefront, um, and uh, then she moved on to Motive Studios and Visceral Games, which obviously that didn't work out. That's probably where her uh, those that streak of uh, bad luck uh, started. So, 
yeah, very exciting to see what comes from her and from PlayStation. Uh, and a, a, another just real quick thing to mention is any I've read some uh, people's accounts of working with her. Everyone has great things to say about her. So uh, hope for the best. Yeah, always root for people like that. Uh, next, uh, we got a story about Outriders, one of the games we saw today. It's coming to Game Pass Day 1, which is a pretty huge deal. This is one of the bigger third-party games that has hit Game Pass Day 1. Um, and uh, along with that, we got some news about the uh, frames per second boost that came to Game Pass. So they kind of bundled this news together, um, all those Bethesda games. Uh, J- Jackson, you've been playing uh, some of them, haven't you? I have, yeah. I booted up uh, Fallout 4 is actually the one that I've, the only one that I've tested. I've installed Prey and uh, Fallout 76, but haven't got to test them yet. And yeah, it just feels great. It's it's like ideal for me as uh, someone who occasionally plays both PC and console. I want my console games to feel like I'm playing them on PC, and that's what this does. Yeah, yeah, it does look great. And uh, going back to the uh, Outriders news, that definitely is a uh, a big get. And uh, hopefully, there are some other you know really t- big tentpole third party releases that come day and date to Game Pass. That's gonna be exciting to watch. It will be. And um, I just put a little blurb in our doc here, just. I think we need to start opening our minds to the possibility of this happening more frequently because right now it's blowing our minds. It's kind of towards the beginning. But really, if you look at the track record in the last several months, in the last year, I mean, Xbox has been, you know, they've been making moves. So (laughs) this is just another step, another big move. And I expect a lot more. Yeah. And along these lines, though, they just announced that uh, EA Play, which is part of Game Pass on console, is also going to be part of Game Pass on PC. And so they're clear. It seems like there is definitely an incentive, whether it's Microsoft or Xbox just paying people, or whether people actually or developers notice their games actually perform better when they're on Game Pass, which I suspect is the case. People seem to be willing to, or developers and publishers seem to be willing to uh, put their games there. Right. And um, I wish I knew the, I wish anyone, I'm sure no one really knows the financials on how this breaks out and who gets what money, and so on and so forth. Everyone that's on Game Pass seems to publicly say, this is great for us. And you kind of yeah. see the same thing for Epic Games Studio, uh, or sorry, the launcher there. If that's an exclusive, yep. everyone's like, it is great for us. It's it's keeping our doors open and we're fully funded. So I kind of hope that that's what's happening with Microsoft. Yeah, me too. So uh, next, uh, the, the, the final story before we get into the Square Enix Presents discussion is uh, PlayStation came out this morning I did not see this coming. They posted a uh, article on their blog that showed the new controllers for PlayStation VR 2 or whatever they end up calling it. PlayStation 5 VR, I'm not sure, uh, but it looks pretty cool. It's definitely not a move controller. It is. It features kind of this orb design that you know looks very familiar if you've ever used other VR um, controllers, and it it will feature some dual sense features like adaptive triggers and the haptic haptic feedback. Which, if they can match what the DualSense does, man, that that controller continues to impress me. And then uh, it will have something called finger touch detection, which will detect where your fingers are on the controller, even if you're not pressing any buttons. And it will be they'll be tracked by the headset. So a huge improvement over what PSVR currently uses. If you ever have used a PSVR, and it, very exciting stuff. Didn't see this coming. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, the, the design, as Josh touched on looks so much like an Oculus Rift. Um, I've got the original Oculus Rift in my closet right now, gathering (laughs) dust because I don't use it. And it's kind of a, it's a pain to just have in your, your space, at least in my opinion. But 
um, yeah, this still didn't like convince me that I need to get on board with VR, but um, I'll be interested to like read reviews and see what people think once it's out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I I still would say get get a Quest. That's what I have, and like you, I don't use it um, very often, but uh, that's the best VR experience I've had, and um, I don't think that PSVR two will surpass it because I think it still will have a cord. But anyway, that's uh, another discussion for when they show us what that is. Yes, can't wait for that. So with that, we are going to take our first break. When we get back, we are going to outline everything we saw in the Square Enix Presents live stream. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are now going to get into our deep dive discussion, which this week is the Square Enix Pre- Presents live stream, which just happened. We're literally recording uh, probably only an hour after that aired. So this is our fresh our fresh takes on what we saw there. And so they kicked it off with Outriders. And Jackson, I don't know about you, but my first thought was when they showed the, the, the quick trailer was, what the heck is this? This looks awesome. It didn't look like <laughs> Outriders to me. And then I saw that it was, and they went into the gameplay reveal, and I was like, why haven't they been marketing this game like this from the beginning? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, because I feel like they've been doing good marketing um, the entire time. It's kind of hard to avoid Outriders, actually. Um, but I, th- yeah. I I think that it's a game that requires that you play it to like really kind of get it and see how mm-hmm. it's different and doing its own thing. So, But yeah, I thought I thought the showing was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the, the just the aesthetic of the trailer, like everything I saw before this to me, and maybe I haven't been paying close attention recently, but from when they first revealed this, I just thought this game just looked, I don't know if this will make sense, but it just looked brown. Like that's the only, it's just like <laughs> drab and like nothing special, but this trailer and these this, this gameplay exposition, whatever you want to call it, definitely uh, got me more excited, you know, to like, in, in that it's on Game Pass. I might actually check it out, whereas previously I had like zero hype for this game. Totally. And the Game Pass thing is huge. Um, we, we did mention it in the last segment, but I cannot believe that that game's on Game Pass. And I also can't believe that it's coming out two weeks from today. Like that just just occurred to me while watching this presentation today. Um, and like you said, I'm absolutely going to play this day one because of Game Pass. I think I was going to already, but like this is included in that subscription that I paid for. It's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, what is the date that Outriders comes out? April... April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, April 1st. All right. So, yeah, right around the corner, literally, like, less than two weeks away. Yeah. So, um, that'll be interesting to see how this performs. I'm hoping for the best. Me too. Uh, I think I think it'll do fine, actually, especially now that it's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, after... Well, we're going to get into another live service game, but after some of the failures <laughs> we've seen, I really hope that uh, they can pull one out with this one. Me too. Yeah. So, next we saw... Tomb Raider, and as a Tomb Raider fan, uh, I was not expecting a lot because uh, people were kind of already expecting that they weren't going to really reveal much, but this was just really disappointing uh, for the 25th anniversary. It seems like they're just doing the bare minimum to acknowledge that, yes, this is Lara Croft's 25th anniversary, and so here's some some stuff. You know, the, the big thing is the collection of games, but it's just literally a bundle. It's not even a there's no remaster, it's just a bundle. Uh, 
So that was disappointing. And a cookbook. We got a cookbook. <laughs> well, she's in Fortnite. What are you talking? I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, she is in Fortnite, which I do not play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. The, the, I mean, I can't label myself a Tomb Raider fan, but I could def- I definitely feel for you. Um, and that is shocking about the the trilogy. I didn't realize that that was just a bundle. Um, so that makes me actually less excited. I was actually like, hey, I'll, I'll play this if it's remastered. But yeah, bummer. Yeah. H- have you played the three games or... Um I have only played them once, so it's like okay. hard for me, and I couldn't tell you like specific details about any of them, really. Yeah, because to anyone who hasn't played them, I, I definitely would. But specifically, Rise of the Tomb Raider is like to me, it's it's maybe in my top ten all time. Wow, love that game. That's yeah, awesome. It's it's an amazing game. So uh, not a lot to look forward to. I was also disappointed they didn't, even though it's a mobile game, they did announce a Tomb Raider mobile game a while back. I thought we might see that here, but nope, nothing. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they just they're they're doing something, trying to figure out what that game is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did get a slew of announcements around mobile games. I'm just going to rattle through these: uh, Just Cause Mobile, Hitman, Sniper Assassins, a Space Invaders AR game, Darius, which is like a shooter, uh, like a shoot 'em up, and then Bubble Bobble. So uh, clearly, some old IPs, uh, or they're just capitalizing, capitalizing, excuse me, on their IPs here with mobile. Hopefully these aren't cash grabs. Hopefully they're cool, but I don't think either you or I are big mobile gamers. No, I I, I don't plan on touching these personally. Yeah, I will check out Hitman Sniper Assassins, and I did. Have you seen this thing called the Backbone, Jackson? No, I haven't. It's like a it's a controller for your your phone, and I know that there are dozens out there that you can get, but this one it sells for a hundred dollars, so it's very expensive. It's apparently a very high build quality. You hook it up to your phone, it turns it into basically a switch. And it, but what the thing that makes it cool is it comes with an app that basically gives your phone an operating system for video games. It automatic like once you import a game, it's just there, and uh, it it basically turns your phone into a switch. I'm I'm actually considering getting it. Interesting, because um, I I do pay for Apple Arcade and I never use it. Wow, that's fascinating. I I oh I think I've seen this, but I don't know a ton about it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've seen some uh, kind of prevalent content creators uh, hype it up. So anyway, gotcha. something to check out if you do play mobile games. Cool, cool. Uh, uh, next, we got Avengers, uh, an Avengers update. They they outlined um, the free next-gen upgrade, which we already knew about. They showed some gameplay from the new Hawkeye story content, uh, Future Imperfect, I think it's called. They outlined the roadmap for like half a second on the screen. <laughs> I don't really... I, I, it was up so quickly, I wasn't able to really take notes. Yeah. But the big announcement here that if I was an Avengers player, I would have been excited for was Black Panther war for wakanda there's a whole expansion built around him so that's cool however if i did not think that this looked good other than the black panther stuff yeah it's it's hard because like i i look at this and i have a small little oh my gosh like i have that mm-hmm. feeling but but then i realized that i have played avengers and it's just not the experience that i wanted in fact it's like kind of the opposite of what i wanted um i i just wanted a single player solo experience and i think the game would have been better um so yeah that that's like a very bitter perspective, but I think it's also like a harsh reality. Um, I, however, I may actually look at the next gen version of this just to see how it plays. And also, Black Panther, I, I think, is an awesome superhero. So I kind of do want to just see how that plays. I just know that I'm going to be disappointed after 30 minutes. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm not looking forward to much with Avengers. I do hope that they are able to salvage this, but it just makes me sad for a number of reasons. One, I have this 
full AAA Avengers game on my PlayStation and I don't want to play it. That's like a big bummer. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, uh, Crystal Dynamics, I think, is one of the best development studios out there. And I feel like this is not the best use of their talents. That's just my personal opinion. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about the Avengers situation. Gotcha. I totally get that. Uh, and I am too, generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So that said, again, if you play Avengers, I really hope that they're able to, uh, you know, turn this into something that is uh, sustainable and lasting and most importantly, fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we saw Balan Wonderworld. Nothing really to say here other than those character animations looked <laughs> god awful. Um, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I, I wish this game was uh I wish I was more hyped for this game. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I honestly have nothing to say. I don't think, man, I can't say anything about this game. I, I just, it's not for me. Yeah, not for me either. Uh, but as always, yeah, we hope for the best, hope that uh, it releases and people like it. Next, uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Now, I have not played either Life is Strange game, either of the games. However, I thought this looked fantastic. I did too, Josh. Wait, I'm confused. I thought you've played Life is Strange. No, no, no. I, I've played. I played. Uh, what did I play? Um, recently, um, there the mirror something twin mirror. No, no, I didn't play twin mirror. I played the one. Um, gosh, what was it called? Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me why. And, okay. Yeah, and I. I mean, I've dabbled in some of the um, uh, don't nod stuff, but um, never played either all the way through. And uh, and then I played Tell Me Why, which was fun. I enjoyed it. But no, I never played Life is Strange. Okay, okay. Because I, I watched this and I was like, I'm on board. Like, let me at it. I, I really want to play the remastered collection. Like, this fully converted me to go and check out those games somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just not typically what I, you know, pine for when I'm thinking, what do I want to play? These story-driven narrative experiences. But yeah, the presentation of this looked great. Um, the emotion behind it. So the main character here, her name is Alex, and apparently, and I know that in Life is Strange, you, there is a uh, supernatural uh, bent to the stories, and you usually have, a, well, you do have a, some supernatural abilities. Alex's ability here is she can tap into people's emotions. Basically, empathy is her superpower, which I think is super cool. <laughs> I think they could tell some really cool stories with that. It is very timely. We all need a little bit of empathy. Uh, this sounds, it just sounds neat, you know, and... and um, so, like something I could connect with. Right, right. And uh, speaking of timely, don't want to spend too much time on this, but I mean, I think it's in everyone's minds, especially if you're an American with the recent tra- tragedies seen that the main characters of this game are, you know, Asian American. It's it's just kind of like, it's great to see that. And it's also great to, um, I, I think it was just a very like timely, fortunate coincidence that we're seeing, you know, those characters propped up in a time where there's some real bad stuff happening, at least in America. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've thought that the more, um, you know, minorities we see in lead roles in games, I mean, any media really, but in games, it's uh, it's cool for me to see. And I did. Yeah, I actually wasn't I didn't make that connection okay. that you just made. But you're absolutely right. Like, um uh, that is that is very timely, and yeah, we're we're seeing some unfortunate stuff over here, and I'm sure that we're not the only country where this stuff goes on. Right, right. But in any so. case, outside of that, uh, it just looks fantastic. Yeah, and you know, one question I have is not being super familiar with the Life is Strange um, IP. This is developed by Deck Nine Games, and I was under the impression that the prior two Life is Strange games were developed by Don't Nod, but I'm not 100 positive about that, and I wonder if you know uh 
fans of the series, if that's a disappointment or is, are there, is there some trepidation about this being developed by Deck Nine? I don't know what their history is. I don't know what they've made prior. So just something that I'm, I'm curious about. Right. I, I was curious too, but I just looked it up. They actually did make the Life is Strange before the Storm game. So that's technically okay. the second one in the main series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... That, that's good to hear. And it's also good to hear that it's not episodic. That was something that turned me away from the series before. This is the entire story from day one. Totally. Yeah, I, I'm much more inclined to play or to, uh, I think, yeah, just to play it if I can binge the whole thing from, uh, start to finish. So very exciting. It comes out on September 10th, and it is going to be bundled with the Life is Strange remastered collection. So And, and that is also available as a standalone collection. And that, they just said that that's coming in the fall. I hope it comes out before September 10th. So if I want to play the Life is Strange games, if I want to see what they're about, I could do it before this game comes out. <laughs> Me too. That would be really ideal. Um, I, I don't think I want to touch them until they're remastered. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, surprise. This was the surprise of the show for me. I was very, very interested in it. And uh, if I'm itching for a good story around the time this comes out, I will definitely check it out. Me too. Next, uh, and lastly, we got Project Athia news, which is now being called, or it is called, Forspoken. That's the name of the game. This is, I think, clearly Square Enix's like big AAA release that they are. I mean, this is going to be a big deal, I think, when it comes out. This game looks great from what little we've seen. <laughs> yeah, it, the animation, like... Uh, first off, when they we saw Project Athia before, everyone's kind of blown away by it's like you never see a game at that scale and that fidelity with that draw distance with that lighting uh, it, move in that quick emotion. Um, and like I've been tweeting clips from what they showed uh, for Spoken, just looks it looks truly next gen to me in a very unique way. Yeah, and the traversal looks like, uh, I think this might be a new thing that we see where characters in open world games can traverse really quickly, uh, which makes sense. But it just that, uh, how she uh, moves through the world looks really interesting, and uh, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that that is uh, uh, just a lot of fun to just cruise around this world, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I love seeing this new quick movement trend in big open worlds. I, I tend to feel bogged down when I'm moving at a snail's pace, unless I'm playing something like Red Dead, um, which is kind of immersed and makes you, you know, it makes sense that you're going slow, but in this game, oh my gosh, the movement looks like such a jam. Yeah, and I'm about to drop the first F-bomb on preloaded because th this the, <laughs> the one line of dialogue, just I cracked up out loud, and she was like, is that a motherfucking dragon? I was like, that is exactly what she should have said right there. That was awesome. I know. I, I love I love when games kind of uh, break down that barrier of, we're trying to be super serious in a game. Like, yeah, that's exactly how a human would respond. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. Yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this game. It's coming out hopefully in 2022, but we'll see. Uh, that's always uh, a take it with a grain of salt type of thing with a game like this. So that was Square Enix's uh, Square Enix Presents. Uh, if you had any thoughts to share, um, drop them in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or uh, write us and, and let us know or ask us some questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, speaking of, we are going to dig into our mailbag, but first we are going to take our second break. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our mailbag and 
take one of your questions. Again, if you want to write in and have us discuss your question next week or any following week, you can write us at preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, this week, Lori wrote in and she said, Hi, I listen to your podcast each week and I follow you on Facebook as well as YouTube. She must be talking about you there, Jackson, because I am not much of a Facebooker. (laughs) I'm looking to add PC gaming to my entertainment. I'm an over 50 mom who loves to play first-person shooters, open world, and stealth games. What would you suggest I look for in a PC as far as RAM, graphics card, etc.? I want to not only invest in a good system, but I want it to exceed my expectations. There are so many games on Steam that my current system will not run. Thanks in advance for your time, Lori. Well, Lori, it warmed my heart to see that we have a over 50 mom, as you describe yourself, listening to our show. I was telling Jackson before the show that I wish my parents played video games. So uh, (laughs) super cool that you're part of our audience. We love uh, to have your support. And I'm going to leave this mostly to Jackson. I uh, I think you guys might have already covered this a little bit. But Jackson, what is your advice here? Yes. So first off, echo everything Josh says. We really appreciate your support, uh, Lori, there. So um, so for me, um, just a couple things. First off, get something that you can modify. Um, don't make the mistake I made. Um, I invest in a system that you literally can't open and modify. Number one thing you need to do, get something you can upgrade in the future. That's number one. Number two, I would say um, NVIDIA's newest line of, of you know, 30, 60, 70, 80, and 90, uh, I think you're fairly safe getting the lowest version of that. And the reason I recommend that is because there's a like a worldwide shortage right now on the components needed to make graphics cards. They're just hard to find. So if you're able to find one at a reasonable price, I would get one. And I think you're totally fine going on the lower end. Um, That should last you at least several years. Um, And then in terms of uh, RAM, you can't go wrong with, with 16 gigs. And when you're grabbing components, make sure you go to a site, which actually make sure parts work with other parts because if you're building it yourself especially which is what i would recommend by the way uh, make sure these parts work with each other that's what uh, websites do for you so pcpartpicker.com is is a really good um, resource for you there but yeah um, outside of that i mean you we can talk about motherboards and other things Um, i would just make sure you grab an ssd make sure that you're loading your games as quickly as possible. Um, that's really the only other bottleneck. Oh, one more thing. Get a good quality monitor. Um, I don't know the model off the top of my head, but I've got a great 1440p monitor. Um, make sure it has a very high refresh rate, at least 144 hertz. And that's it. So there you go. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> advice would is basically bad advice uh, because I'm going to take J- uh, Jackson at, at your... Uh, uh, at face value, what you just said, because what I did when I got a PC was like, I don't want to mess with any of this. I'm just going to get a gaming laptop. I bought one. I did get a good deal on it, but yeah, I can't upgrade the thing. Like if I want a better gaming PC, I basically have to buy a whole new computer now. So that's uh, expensive. Yes, it's expensive to like have to constantly restart um, to, yeah. to go from. Yeah. So and and I bought an all-in-one gaming PC. It's not even a laptop, and I can't upgrade it, which is just the dumbest thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's a uh, good luck, Lori. I hope you get the uh, the rig that you want, and uh, happy gaming. Uh, keep in touch. Keep writing us. Uh, write us more questions, uh, and that goes for everyone. We'd love to hear from you. Again, our email address is 
preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to wrap things up. Anything you want to plug on your channel this week, Jackson? Uh, yes. So I have a video going up same day as this podcast. Um, it's Deathloop 101, basically everything you need to know about the game. And uh, I've got an ad running on it. So I'm really kind of excited to see how that does, but also excited to share that information with you guys. Awesome. Uh, I am uh, still working on the, the same videos. Uh, I actually took a little bit of a break creating content this week. I took it easy. And so it is going to be a little while before my next video posts. I'm going to get back into the swing of things. But it is going to be the Deathloop video, I think, will be the next one that posts for me. So thanks for the patience. Uh, when, uh, As far as my audience goes, everybody is – I never get complaints that I take too long, which blows my mind. Um <laughs> Uh, because I do take too long, but um, that video will be coming soon. Anyhow, that's it for this week. Uh, We will see everyone next week. Again, thanks for listening through to the end of the show. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Bye, guys.